Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hello, guys. Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. My voice is crackly. <laughs> How are you guys? I hope you're fantastic. I know I'm a bit late this week. I still have a friend here, Mary, staying with me and we've just been having a lot of fun and I just haven't really found the best time to be able to record until now. So I figured I'm here with you guys and I wanted to share today, but you know what I just realized? that I am at a one year mark for this podcast. It's crazy. I did my first podcast on August 11th and that's when I took that leap of faith to put my weirdness out into the world. (laughs) And here I am. Never would I have thought I'd be manifesting what's taking place, but I just want to say thank you for hanging with me and I know there's a lot of you that have been with me since the very beginning and new ones are popping up with each new episode. So I just want to say that I'm excited for where this podcast is taking us because this is not about me. This is for you guys and I'm just excited to to see how we grow and rise together with each new day of light. And you guys are truly the best, and I really appreciate the support. So today we're going to be talking about something that affects all of us at some point in our life. Sometimes it's with with us throughout our life. And this is low self-esteem and the distorted thoughts that come along with that, that pathological critic. Now this is a term coined by a psychologist named Eugene Sagan. This is to describe that voice that maybe judges, attacks, or abuses us. It's sneaky, and it can come out when you are not expecting it. So today we're going to cover low self-esteem, and when we are confused about our, our own identity, and its effects on how it can deteriorate our physical and mental well-being. Also, signs to look for that you may not be aware of, unmasking the truth of the lies that we hear in that voice and how to conquer the voice and restructure reframe as a healthy alternative also how lack of serotonin can affect our self-esteem we're going to look at the signs of a serotonin deficiency and ways to boost the serotonin levels i wanted to bring in serotonin because it's it's a neurotransmitter and it's the neurotransmitters in our system can very much affect our body mood and, and so many other parts. I know it's a lot today, but hopefully this won't go too far over time. I know I briefly talked about this topic in the past, but you know, recently I've experienced this voice and I see some of my dear friends also dealing with this voice and I just thought you know what this is something that 
we all just kind of really need to hear again. And I wanted to share some information that may be helpful to you guys. We just have to remember that we are all human and that we can't allow self-esteem to rob us of our confidence any longer because it has such a great capability of doing this. Self-esteem is a sense of our own personal worth and value. There's actually two kinds of self-esteem problems. There's situational and characterological. Situational is usually tends to show up only in specific areas, meaning you might have an amazing confidence in work, but when it comes to relationships, not so much. And the characterological usually is rooted in our early years from a lot of times abandonment or abuse. These individuals have such a warped reflection of who they are. And this image of them magnifies the weaknesses. And this critical voice inside of us takes up so much space. And when it does, it pushes out the, the great assets that we hold. I think also when we are confused about our identity, we inherit a lack of self-assurance, which then results obviously in a poor image of self. So when we really don't know who we are, which a lot of times in the society, a lot of people don't know, it leaves us very unstable. Studies in young children show that during the first three to four years is when this determines the amount of self-esteem that a child starts with. And I want to give you an example of the difference in how you could speak to a child and what difference it could make. For example, if I were to say to a child, do not touch the stove, you're a bad boy, this child will lack self-esteem later. Compared to a child that maybe was told just the dangers of touching that stove. Whether it was a caregiver or a parent who was very critical, who didn't give praise or warmth, there was a lot of frequent maybe neglect or punishment. There may have been poor academic performance that could have taken place. Or maybe this is something that could have manifested in your later years from maybe an abusive relationship, prolonged financial hardships, injuries, or illnesses. Having approval and support from parents and peers along with attachment and unconditional parental support is really critical. And when children have this as they're developing, these are the kids that will have a high self-esteem. These are the kids that have a higher cognitive aptitude. Self-esteem is, is the most powerful dominant predictor of our happiness. The most common and striking causes of low self-esteem in men comes from physical, emotional, or sexual abuse. So first I wanna, I wanna list some signs to look for in others or yourself and allow you to maybe recognize where that individual may be coming from. Then we're going to talk about the inner critic and great ways to disarm it. Some signs show up like this. We often compare ourselves to others. We may give up easily because we lack confidence in success. 
we have a hard time accepting compliments. And when we do, we often reflect on that compliment. We often don't contribute our opinion because we feel like it's not good enough or we're going to be shut down. You might take things personally, like constructive criticism. You may allow others to treat you poorly, idolize others as better than you, lack control, or feel you have to control others. You may have lack of boundaries. You may have problems asking for needs. There's a lot of worry and self-doubt, trouble accepting positive feedback, negative self-talk, a poor outlook, causing self-sabotage, trying to overplease others, always settling for less. Emotional reasoning, saying like, I feel so stupid, instead of saying, I made a mistake. You feel unloved or awkward. Maybe we blow things out of proportion. We jump to conclusions, making assumptions. Black and white thinking, we may dwell on the negatives and ignore the positives. We may criticize others with, or even ourselves with, shoulds, should'ves, have-tos. There's blame, either yourself, you weren't either entirely responsible for, or you blame others and overlook ways that you contributed to the problem. In psychology, negative and unstable self-perceptions are the key component in many disorders, such as depressive disorders, disassociative disorders, anorexia, personality disorders, such as borderline, narcissistic, and avoidant, along with anxiety, panic attacks, and stress. People with low self-esteem hide a lot of times behind alcohol and substance abuse. Most studies in the field of aggressive behavior, violence, and delinquency have some evidence that low self-esteem is a risk factor in development of problem behavior, which obviously makes a lot of sense. There is no type of love for self there, and that behavior is unfortunately brought out in extreme manners. So... When we lack trust in ourselves, we become very unable to handle our daily problems. We reduce the ability to achieve our maximum potential. And this is what leads to deterioration in physical and mental well-being. When poor self-esteem starts to form, it plays a critical role in the development of an array of mental disorders and social problems. The adolescents with positive self-concepts are likely to use drugs or alcohol. Now, when we're dealing with certain levels of self-esteem or lack of, individuals may either externalize or internalize. And those that may externalize may be those seeking reassurance in others, like I mentioned, through high-risk behavior or premature relationships. They're the types that will join gangs. A passive avoidant is more internalized, and this is feeling feelings of despair, even suicidal behavior. Now we're going to talk about the dysfunctional voice. This was the voice that was birthed from some of our earliest experiences as children, 
and this nasty critic has been pretty much riding on our back ever since. But it's been there for so long that it feels like a natural part of us. You hear the whispering words, you're not good enough, and you automatically agree. We easily justify why these thoughts are so true. It's always so believable. You're not good enough sounds so natural, just as natural as the sun is out today. So this pathological critic has many sneaky weapons. We can often rely on this voice at the same time as messed up as that is, because in a way it helps us cope. It helps us cope with anxiety, maybe helplessness, rejection, inadequacy. That voice that beats us up is also the voice that makes us feel better. And how true is this? Negative reinforcement is basically the problem-solving process. So that's what we do in our pain. We want to feel better. And we then search for that thought or behavior that, that works to decrease that pain. We file it away subconsciously as a successful solution to a particular problem. So when a problem reoccurs, we return to that strategy or that voice. So if we don't believe enough in ourselves and say an amazing opportunity comes along, and this did for me, something recently ends, I had those feelings of anxiety pop up. It's an awful feeling, right? You know, your heart's pounding, you're shaking kind of, you're just feeling uneasy and it's uncomfortable. So what do I do? I turn to that coping strategy, relying on that voice that says you're never going to make it. And then the anxiety subsides and you lose what could be an opportunity of a lifetime. And how much does that blow? Do you know how much that voice just cost you? Screw that. I didn't allow that to happen to me. I recognized that this is an external voice rather than it being part of me. This can even happen in relationships. If we, if we reject ourselves first by saying it's too good to be true or it's not going to work, no one can hurt you because you already did it. And that's how we lose opportunities. That's how we miss out by allowing this negative voice, thought, whatever it is, to interfere with who we truly are. So when we hear this voice, understand that it is outside of you. So when we see it as an outside entity, it's easier to fight because with anything, it's easier to fight something that is perceived as external, correct? So it's something that we can easily fight and reject just like having boundaries, maybe from somebody that doesn't respect us. So we have to see it as just that. We do have the power to fight it. We do have the power to reject it. And it's important to get in touch with the healthy voice, the nurturing voice. This is part of you. Because we came into this world as amazing loving beings created in my heart from God. 
He didn't form us with words of hate or criticism. This life imprints that into us. So we have to come to the realization that we're experiencing life, we're spiritual beings in a human body. And I know I say that a lot, but it's the truth. Nothing external can make us feel any way if we don't let it. So we have to kick the critic in the balls and remove them. Get clear about it because it has ulterior motives and see what that is. I know that it's been with you for many moons, but it's really just a habit that we formed by listening to it rather than trying to remove it. And let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I am so much more than what that critic portrayed me to be. We have to stand tall, tell it to shut up, get out, stop it, tell it it's lies, and replace it with better thoughts and make it a mantra. And I do that now. The moment I get that annoying voice in my head, I say, stop, get away. I'm done with you. When we catch the pathological critic, this takes commitment. I want you to notice, start counting how many times in a day's time it creeps out. But when, when it comes, you have to take his role away and replace it with a healthy role. I'll give you some great steps to take to reframe the cognitive distortions. But before I do that, I just wanted to take a few minutes to speak on serotonin and how this can affect our self-esteem as well. It is the confidence neurochemical it influences our sleep regulation, memory, mood, appetite. It prevents blood clotting. And we have 40 million brain cells that are influenced by serotonin. This is one of the main neurotransmitters used to transmit messages between our nerve cells. So when we have a serotonin deficiency, it looks like mood swings, bouts of depression, anxiety, feeling unhappy all the time, insomnia, aggression, poor appetite, and even poor memory. Some of the physical symptoms might include carbohydrate cravings, weight gain, fatigue, nausea, irritable bowel syndrome, or constipation. Causes of this deficiency is somewhat unknown, but some of the things I'll share with you are some things that the professionals take into consideration. We may have fewer serotonin receptors. Having a serotonin receptors maybe that don't effectively receive serotonin or the serotonin breaking down being absorbed too soon. Other causes could be our diet, lacking certain nutrients. Chronic stress will lower the levels of serotonin to be released which can cause those mood swings. Changes in the brain due to disease, injury, brain damage, even age. As we get older, our bodies may start producing less serotonin than our younger years. Being inactive puts you at risk for lower levels. So it's really important exercise. Staying inside too much because the sun is an important source of serotonin. Even lack of sleep can affect our serotonin. Not being present we're thinking of the past. And often when we think of the past, it's, it may be depressing. Or we'll think of the future, which causes 
anxiety. So being in the moment actually increases both serotonin and dopamine levels. When our cortisol levels stay high, when it stays high for a long time, it will eat up at the serotonin. When we're low in vitamin B, maybe PTSD, attention disorders, also other disorders like OCD, anxiety, social phobias, along with other health issues. These can all cause deficiencies in our serotonin. Here's some foods and supplements that I found that could boost serotonin. Always check with your doctor with any of the information that I share with you guys. This is basically just to bring awareness. I want you to certainly go seek a professional and have them do any kind of diagnosis. I just think it's helpful for me to know some of the information and I love sharing it with you guys. Foods to boost the serotonin may be B6, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, also eggs, cheese, pineapples, tofu, salmon, nuts and seeds, turkey, and a high fiber diet. So that's my little splurge on the serotonin. I just thought it was important to add that because it it can affect our our self-esteem. So let's now work on the steps to reconstructing these thoughts, right? Cognitive reframing is such a great way to reduce stress because it cultivates more positive and functioning thought habits. This is a type of cognitive behavior therapy. And I just wanna say this really quickly. No matter how balanced, intelligent, or perceptive we are, we have an innate tendency that prevents us from perceiving reality with perfect objectivity, right? The word or thought is often unrealistic. It's distorted or even incomplete. And this is just the way it is. We're all gonna experience this at some point in time. We don't often see something for what it is. So we have to question these thoughts or this voice. They are false and inaccurate and usually irrational patterns. So we have to ask, is it constructive? Is it accurate? And from there we correct and acknowledge it to be to begin putting an end to it. Is it a voice of your parents, your caregivers, your exes, a friend? We have to identify that and then ask if it is realistic of what you're hearing. Are you basing your thoughts on facts or on feelings? And what's the evidence for this thought? Could you be misinterpreting the evidence, which we often do? Are you viewing the situation as black or or white when it's really more complicated? Are you maybe having this thought out of a habit? Or do the facts support it? Could your thoughts be exaggerated? Could your thoughts be an exaggeration of what's true? Did someone maybe pass this thought or belief to you? We have to pay attention to these abusive attacks because that's what they are. And like I said, they are costing you so much. And when you hear these thoughts, I want you to listen to how ridiculous they sound. Once you identify the evidence, you can begin to make a better judgment on this thought. And when we do this process, it helps 
controlled thinking. It helps our confidence and it helps us to become more rational, which leads to often better outcomes. If you're depressed, where in your body do you feel depressed? Remember how the critic started. We're unmasking the critic's purpose and making it useless. Another powerful thing what we can do is to write down how you see yourself presently. How you see yourself, whether it's negative or positive, in your physical appearance. How you relate to others, in your personality. How other people see you. Your performance at work. Mental functioning. Even sexuality. And when you do this list, use it in words. How you see yourself. And... When you finish that, I want you to go through and put pluses on all the positive things and minuses on all the negative things and then find corresponding strengths. Another list that I think is very helpful is to think of those that you admire and love the most. Write down all the things that you love about them. And you're going to be very surprised to know that a lot of times you have the same qualities. From there, I want you to write all the strengths missing that you want and write those strengths in sentences. And from there, write a letter of recommendation about yourself. And when you write that letter, read it out loud twice a day for 28 days. All those critical thoughts that creep in are just entrenched habits. So we have to form a new habit. I want you to remember how amazing you are and that you are loved. And I have to end this podcast because my throat has had it. I'm losing my voice. I miss you guys all and starting in September things will get more consistent once again. School will be starting and my time will be a little more open. All right, guys, take care, be well, do good.